Good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Colin, the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ. And this is Dan Spaith. He's one of our elders. And here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to head over to our website at www.churchvictoria.com. This is our Wednesday evening conversation through the law and the prophets where we open up the Old Testament, we move through the narrative and the text, and we see how it impacts us today as the church and how it how that text connects to Jesus. Um, if you're listening Listening to this on the Heart and Hands podcast. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the channel and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. And if you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share. That really helps us out. And make sure to comment down below. Um, if this ministry has blessed you or you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, I want, I want to encourage you to head over to that website. At the top of the page, we have a donate button that uh, take, will take you to PayPal, and you can partner with us as we seek to teach and preach the gospel. Uh, we're going to pray and get into the lesson. Again, church, thank you so much for joining us. Let's pray and we'll get started. It's going to be a good class. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the opportunity we have to be here. We pray your, your blessings upon Cole and I as we study. We pray your blessings on the folks that will be watching uh, in the future to this, this class. And I pray, Father, it be, a, it be an encouragement and inspiration to those who watch. We thank you for the opportunity. We thank you for your son. We thank you, Father, for the opportunity we have to be separate from the world. And it, that's, we know that's because of everything that you've done and not what we've done. And we thank you for that, Father. Bless us as we study and bless us as we strive to apply this to our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Okay. So we're in Leviticus chapter 20. Mm -hmm. um, we have, we are in the, the realm of holiness, right? So prior to Leviticus uh, 16, Leviticus 16 being mm -hmm. the exact middle, not only of the book of Leviticus, but the Torah itself. Yeah. So the first five books of the Bible, everything before this is leading into this moment, getting people back into the presence of God, yeah. right? And so that's what we're looking at. Now the question is that now that we have entered into the presence of God again via the blood, what should our response be? And everything past and for them, this, And for them, it was, it was the, the sacrificial system. It was the blood that he had commanded them in all of these sacrifices to do to, take, to make sure that they can have a relationship with him. Right. Okay. But now that they have that relationship, mm -hmm. what's this for us? We understand that those blood sacrifices, those animals were a shadow, were foreshadowing yeah. Jesus, yeah. Were, were a sign or a type of the Christ to come, right? Yeah. And so now that we have Christ, now that we have entered into his presence, what, what should be our response? And that's what the rest of the book of Leviticus is really about from 16 on, is about holiness. And in Leviticus chapter 20, we've seen all sorts of ways in which the Israelites were commanded to be holy. They were commanded to stay away from the sacrificing their children to Molech, mm -hmm. what for us are the modern day, what we call abortion today, yeah. right? Um, that's what that is. And so it's going to continue on. And, it, and, you know, I think what we talked about last week is it, it has far-reaching tentacles. I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of satanic worship here going on. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that are, are idol worship and, and all well, that kind of stuff. It's all spiritual, right? So Absolutely. when you when you get a today, when you get an abortion, the reason you get that abortion matters. The intent behind the act, the act matters, the fact that you're killing a child matters, but then the intent behind it as well, mm -hmm. right? We're not talking about medical abortions done to save a woman's life. We're not talking about that. That's not sacrificing your child to Molech. You know, that's that's mm -hmm. not what we're looking at. What we're looking at is we're looking at people 
who sacrifice their child to gain something, right? Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what we do, what we see done today. Mm -hmm. You know, you go watch the Oscars, go watch the Grammys. Yeah, oh, well, we talk, I wouldn't I yeah. wouldn't be here today if I had... That's what we talked about last week. And yeah. that's 99.9% .9 of abortions. That's the reason. Yeah. It's not medical to save mm -hmm. the woman's life. That's not what we're talking about at all. Yeah. Um, well, but In that vein, as, he, as he's yeah. talked about that with these people and all the sexual sins and the perversions that he says, this is what you're going to experience as you walk through the land. Absolutely. Because he knows this is three, four months in. That's right. And they're they've got thirty something years. They they don't know that, you know, because they're going to come to the promised land in a couple of years. But they're not. They're gonna they're gonna find a real problem there. Anyway, uh, they're going to be at this for about thirty five. Now about forty years. They're going to be at this, and they're going to see a lot of things, and they're going to pass a lot of people, and they're going to conquer a lot of lands. And he's warning them: stay away from this stuff. That's right. Stay away from it. This is not holiness. No. This is prof no. this is profane. That's why he says in yeah. verse 7, consecrate yourselves. That's right. Consecrate yourselves. You know, I think that's still applicable for us today. I have to consecrate myself, and I think we'll get into that a bit in a, in a little bit. Well, let's pick it up in 22. So from, from well, where uh, let, we were... Let, read verse 7 first. Just sure. read verse 7. Oh, we're at. Okay. Leviticus chapter 20, verse 7. Consecrate yourselves and be holy, because I... the because I am the Lord your God. Keep my decrees and follow them. I am the Lord who makes you holy. And remember, he's already told them, this is what I'm telling you this because you're going to walk through this place, you're going to see this stuff, and it's not acceptable. It's right. not from me. It's not acceptable. You know, the things that you see in the, on the, in the, in the natural world is not acceptable to me. That's, That's right. what he's telling them. That's right. And then, then pick it up in verse 22. All right. So... From verse 7 down, uh, there's a lot of sexual sin. Well, he repeats a lot of and stuff he, he repeats, said in 18. Right. He does repeat a whole yeah. lot of stuff. And it's important to remember that, you know, we harp on homosexuality. We harp on transgenderism. We harp on those things. We harp on them because the culture, that's where the culture is today. But... Let's be real. Adultery is wrong. Mm -hmm. Fornication is wrong. Well, he even tells in one place, he says, if a man marries both a woman and her mother. Polygamy is wrong. He said, it is wicked. Yeah. That's what he says. I mean, this is this is what the dictates he's given to these people. Yeah. To be holy. That's right. Separate yourself. Consecrate yourself. Set yourself up, you know, from your perspective. That's you know, right. He said, I've saved you. Now consecrate yourself. And then, then he's picked it up in verse 22. All right. Verse 22, keep all my decrees, Leviticus chapter 20, verse 22, keep all my decrees and laws and follow them so that the land where I am bringing you to live may not vomit you out. You must not live according to the customs of the nations I'm going to drive out before you because they did all these things. I abhorred them. I didn't abhor them because I made them sin. No. I didn't abhor them because I led them astray. I abhorred them because they did all of this wicked and evil, these wicked and evil things. So did God... In our culture today, we believe that we're justified because it feels better. It makes mm -hmm. us, it makes us, it makes us feel like we're, we're more religious or whatever. You know, I, we add, we can add these things to our worship experiences and, and now we're better because God has to love us because look how, how powerful we look. Look how, how holy we look. And God's saying, no, I don't. That's right. Yeah. He said, no, I don't. He said, I've told you this is what the world around you was like. This is what they are like. Do not practice this stuff because yeah. it's evil. And so that means... That means God didn't make me this way. God can't, I wasn't born this way. This is sin. That's right. Plain and simple. I wasn't born this way. You know, I've never seen a, a, a study where, where genetically they found where people are genetically born 
with the with the uh, with the gene to to be a sexual sexually perverted. Never. Have you ever seen it? No, uh, there is no study. There is no and and now nowadays. But they claim it. I mean, nowadays you don't need a study, Dan. But don't they, you? But don't claim, you know? Don't I you know that, that boys boys can be girls and girls can be boys? There is no biological difference between two. Well, I mean, you don't need. They don't. Our culture has progressed from the position of needing facts. But to your point, yes, you're absolutely right. There is no study. There has been. There have been many studies done. There have been many attempts to link a genetic component to the practice of homosexuality or transgenderism or any yeah, of this stuff. Yeah. And there is none. There is none. What we find is, interestingly enough, when you actually look at all the data, what you find is sexual attraction changes. You can have a man who's perfectly heterosexual who is put into an environment where there are no females and all of a sudden he will start exhibiting homosexual behavior. Mm -hmm. Some will. That happens. In fact, during the Greek, during this uh, this time period and just before it, homosexuality in the Greek culture, we're talking about in ancient history. So we're talking about from like 300 BC to 100 AD. Homosexuality during that time period in the Greek culture was so pervasive because there were way more Greek men than women. And so, what did Greek men turn to do? We see the same thing true in China today. We see the same thing in their culture. There are way more men than women. And guess what? Homosexuality is on the rise in that culture too. Mm. So yeah. we see that this, this happens, this change in sexual attraction happens in cultures, anthropologically speaking. We see that this often happens in cultures where there are more men than there are women. So we also see this in our prison populations. Mm -hmm. We see rampant homosexual behavior where there are more men and there are no women. Yeah. So sexual attraction is very fluid. That's what we see. Yeah. It's very easy and very fluid. What does that mean? Well, that means that the expectation for us is to restrain it. Mm -hmm. Just because it feels good, it doesn't well, that, mean we should do about. it. Exactly. When he says consecrate yourself, that means that means figure this stuff out, figure it out, and 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 set yourself apart. He said, "That's what that's what being holy means. It means being set apart. God is is holy." He said, "So you be holy as I'm holy. That means I have to live my life doing that. I want to do this thing. Should I do it or not? Mm -hmm. A consecrated individual, one who is who claims to be holy like God is holy, looks at it and says, "Well, what does my father say about this? Mm -hmm. Can I do this thing or not? Should I do this thing or not? Is this going to bring God glory and honor if I do this mm -hmm. thing?" That's where our minds are. That's where we're focused and it, on. And I want to clarify something here. You know, we're not here sitting in front of you guys perfect. Oh, we no. struggle with this stuff every day. No. Struggle every day with, with consecrating ourselves, setting ourselves apart, striving to make the right decisions and making wrong ones, you know, lots of times. And so this is a process, a, a lifelong process of continually co consecrating ourselves. Well, well, and specifically here too, in the law, we can't forget the purpose here. Mm -hmm. The purpose is to teach them that they need Christ. Yeah. So God's, and in fact, in Ezekiel, he says, I gave you laws that I knew you couldn't follow. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why does he do that? Because his the whole point is for us to understand we're not going to be able to do this without God. We have to have him. We have to have him. He, so, and he tells us again in Ezekiel, he says, he says, you think that I saved you because of you? Yeah. He says, I saved you because of, me, because of me, because of my holy name. That's why I saved you. He said, I have to save you because I'm holy. Yeah. You know, that's, and I'm going, well, we think, we think we're all that. We ain't all that. No. We're all that because he made us all that. That's right. We ain't, we ain't all nothing 
without him. And, and, then, and then he says, now that I've done this for you, become like me. Don't become like them, become like me. Yeah, and I, I love I love what he said, what he says here, because uh he but I said to you, you will possess their land. I will give it to you as an inheritance, a land flowing with milk and honey. I am the Lord your God who has set you apart from the nations. Verse 24 in Leviticus. Yeah. Yeah, in verse 24. I have set you apart from the nations. Yep. You know, they didn't set themselves apart. We don't set ourselves apart today. Well, and this is this is the actual this is what election actually looks like. Yeah. Election isn't about salvation. There are many of these Jews who are hearing him say all these things. Remember, Mo, he's telling Moses, say to the Israelites. So he's looking at the Israelites who are elect. Mm -hmm. Well, what are they elect yeah. to receive the information they are receiving? And they're, still, some of them will be lost. Yeah. They'll, get to the, they'll get to the promised land and they'll turn around and they'll say, ah, let's go back to Egypt. We, we're not doing this. They're like giants. We can't do this. You know, yeah. it doesn't matter that God's already shown himself more powerful. Yeah. Right. And so they'll turn. Well, those are elect people rejecting God's grace. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So you can be elect and you can reject. See, we, we want to make the terms election mm -hmm. and saved mm -hmm. synonymous, and they're not. They're not synonymous. This is what it really means to be elect. But I said to you, you will possess their land. This is verse 24. I will give it to you as an inheritance, land flowing with milk and honey. I am the Lord your God who has set you apart from the nations. That's what it means to be elect. He has set them apart. He has chosen them. Mm-hmm. He has chosen them. And his hope is that they receive salvation. Mm -hmm. But many of them will fall by the wayside. Yeah. So that's an important distinction, especially in today's day and age. Well, and, it, and it's, it's, it's the same for us. He, he's chosen the church, the family of God. What, what, what Timothy calls it, he said, and the church is the household of God. That's right. Okay. And so he's chosen the church. He's chosen his family. He's he's birthed them through the new birth process. When he tell when John when Jesus tells Nicodemus you have to be born again, that's what he's talking about. Right. To be born into a new identity, an identity that is no longer a physical but a spiritual identity. Right. That's what he, he wasn't talking about a physical new birth. He's talking about you know it comes along with that, but he's talking about a spiritual new birth into a family because he's chosen us. He says he called us to this through the gospel of Christ, through that whole life. Death, burial, and resurrection, the whole thing of Jesus. Not just one event on a cross on Calvary, but the whole event, the whole thing. Him being birthed to a virgin, fulfilling prophecy as part of the gospel of Christ. Right. So good news of Christ. The good news, and then he rules on this earth. He rules now. He sits at the right hand of God, and God has put everything under his feet in subjection to him. He rules. And, and so here he says, he said, I've made you, I've, I've elected you. What he, he says in Galatians chapter 4, he said, I've adopted you. When I've been baptized into Christ, I've come to him, I've been baptized into Christ. What he says is not me saying it, it's what he said. Because he chapter said, three, chapter 3, verse 27 says that. You know, he said, he said, anyone who's been baptized into Christ, a new creature, the old, I mean, he t tells us that. In, in 2 Corinthians, he tells us that. We're, we're, we're new. That's right. You know, and he says, there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male or female, we're all one in Christ. He chose, he elected us, and he set us apart. And he said, and I've set you apart from the nations. He's pulled us out of the world. Places, that's what happened in, in Acts chapter 2 to the, to, the, to the people who killed Jesus. Peter says, you know, this is what you did. You killed God's son. And they said, what can we do? He says, repent. Be baptized, every one of you. That's and right. he says, you receive this gift of the Holy Spirit. That's what he says. That's right. I didn't say it. He said it. And it, what does it say at the end of that chapter? And God, and God added them to the body. That's what he said. The King James said he added them to the church. 
and 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 it's the same word in the Greek. It's the same word, the but same they word. just translated. But it's it's the called out. He added them to the called out. The called out nation. You know what's the called out nation today? Back then it was Israel. Today it's spiritual Israel, the church. That's right. That's spiritual Israel. And so it had. This has everything to do with us, just like it had to do with them. Because remember, he's pointing sacrifice. He's pointing animal sacrifice. He's pointing to Jesus. Well, here he's pointing to the church. That's right. It's a, it's a called out nation. The expectation of the church, the expectation of the called out, the expectation of those who have been elected <laughs> to receive mm -hmm. the oracles and promises of God. Absolutely. Is holy. And to be obedient to them. To be obedient to, to the, the dictates of God. And that doesn't mean we're following, you know, 10 rules, 15 rules, 600 rules. That's not what he's saying. He says, I'm going to look at, and we're going to look at some text. In fact, in fact, let's read, let's read a couple more verses, and then we're going to look at some text in the New Testament. Verse 25 says, you must... Is that that's you want to yeah. get in the mix? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. You must therefore make a distinction between clean and unclean animals and between unclean and clean birds. Do not defile yourselves by any animal or bird or anything that moves along the ground. Those that I have set apart as unclean for you, for you. And it's a very important distinction. Yeah. This is their covenant. Yeah. Right. Some of this stuff does translate to the new covenant. Some of it does not. Yeah. The unclean and the clean does. This is yeah. something that doesn't. Right. But. This was how they would be known, the elect at that time, the physical nation of Israel. This is how you, you, people would know that you were set apart because you have unclean and clean. Verse 26, you are to be holy to me because I, the Lord, am holy. And I have set you apart again from the nations to be my own. And the word holy means to be set apart. It does. Yeah. That's what it means. It means to be set apart. So he said, you are to be set apart to me because I, the Lord, am so set apart and I have set you apart from the nations to be my own. He said, I am I am completely removed from this. I'm not, I'm not a physical being. I'm a spiritual being and I am holy. I'm set apart. And he said, you need to be the same way. I called you to this. I've chosen you. I've elected you. Here you are. And I've chosen you not because I've, I've predetermined, you know, predestined. I've called you through the gospel. Through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, through the life of Jesus, through His, through His rule, His through realm, His grace, through His through grace, his choice. Yes. It says, decision. it says in in First uh, Peter, it says that the prophets, the people that spoke, longed to understand what they were writing, that the grace of God was pointing to them when they wrote about the things that were happening. They longed to understand. It said even angels longed to look at these things, things that we we read about and take for granted. They they longed to understand, you know. But if you look at it, at a verse like like uh, uh, this. Uh, you're to be holy because I'm holy to be set apart. You know, uh, the first one that comes to my mind is Romans chapter 12. Mm -hmm. You know, if you look at Romans chapter 12, and then we got a couple in in uh, in First Peter and Second Peter I want to look at. Look at what he says in Romans chapter 12. In verse in verse one and two, he said, "Therefore I urge you." And anytime you see "therefore," it's always it's all because of what he's been saying. He said he said he's been talking about all Israel be saved. He said because of God's mercy. He said, "Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy." Now, I don't know. I want to explain. Mercy is when God does not give you what you deserve. That's right. When God that, is not fair. When and when he does when he does not give you what you deserve, we deserve annihilation. And when he does not give us that, that's mercy. But we don't Grace is when God gives us what we don't deserve. <laughs> yeah. we, we, we don't, you know, it's so funny, right? Because you, you have kids, like mm -hmm. I've got um, my kids, and I'm sure with your kids too, was one of, the, one of their favorite things to say, that's not, not fair. fair. Because we think, we get it so confused. We think we deserve so much more than what we actually oh, yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> when, you, when you start to, and I studied with a lady the other day, and... Uh -huh. 
and and she and she's told me I don't know anything. I don't know any of this. And the fun part is to navigate her through this to, so she can start to understand. And what she'll understand is that really in the grand scheme of things, I'm nothing. You know, I'm 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 a, I'm as alienated from God in every aspect of my life because of of the person I've become. That's right. You know, and the beauty of this is, and the, and the wonderment of this is God has made it possible for me to come back. Despite failing. It's amazing. And when, when people start to realize that and the light goes on, it's amazing to watch. Well, and that's why the character of God series for me preaching through that not too long ago was so, was so much fun mm-hmm. because it's, it's God. We, we oftentimes look at God and want to shake our fist, but it, God has literally done everything necessary. Yeah. I mean, he's gone. He's the best father anyone could have because he's gone to the mat yeah. repeatedly. Yeah. Over thousands and thousands of years, he's gone to the mat. He's protected us and gone to the mat for us yeah. over and over and over again. And it's like, man, like, don't you wish you could have a father that never failed? Well, you know, when you look at this, and he says, in view of God's mercy, you know, I think I think we get we get caught up, and this is what he was warning these people about. When you get caught up in what's going on around you, and it will look appetizing, it'll look appealing. And it does. Yeah. You know, sin sin is very attractive. It is. Yeah. Satan can't make it unattractive. Can't make it ugly. If he makes it ugly, then nobody's going to want to be a part of it. But and so God said, "This can be very attractive to you." I understand that. And He said, "In view of my mercy, in view of of me setting you apart," He said, "Look at what He says. In view of God's mercy, you to offer your bodies as living sacrifice. This is a set apart part. This is the consecration part. Set your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship, or this is your spiritual act of worship, is what some translations say. This is what worship really is, is setting yourself apart, okay? It doesn't mean you're going to be perfect, but you set yourself apart and you say, I'm no longer going to live like this. I'm going to start to live like this. I'm going to make mistakes along the way, but God's going to love me because he has mercy on me. And I want to point something out here, too, Mm -hmm. because a lot of people would look at this within the church, and they would look at this and say, no, that's not worship. That's spiritual service right that's not what i'm talking about so and and there are two words and i want to point it out Mm -hmm. now this is not you know for the world this is for the church but understand there are two words in the new testament that really that often get translated as worship okay one of them the one that is not in this text Mm -hmm. okay uh it's like pruskaneo in the greek Mm -hmm. something to that effect Mm -hmm. um that if you actually do a study of that word in the new testament it literally means to bow down and the only time we see it done is in the presence of the resurrected Jesus. Mm-hmm. The apostles bow down before him mm-hmm. and give him worship. worship. Homage. Homage, mm-hmm. right. Um, the other one's Latreo. Though the other one is Latreo, and it's the text That's with the, the word here. And it's it it's means- very it's the same word that is used in the Septuagint to talk about the animal sacrifices that were mm-hmm. offered. So understand, both of these things are worship, mm-hmm. and only one of these things we can do. Yeah. We don't see Jesus mm-hmm. to bow down before him. When he returns, we will do the other. But strictly speaking, the only <laughs> time the other occurs mm-hmm. is in the presence of the resurrected Jesus. And this one here he's saying, he said, you want to you want to worship me? This is how you worship. Now, this does not take away from the fact that we come together on, on to church on the first day of the week and we sing and we praise him and we make melody with our with our hearts and But why and is give. that worship? It's not worship because we're bowing down in front of no, anything. No, it's worship. No. It's worship because we're doing this. Yes. It's worship because we are offering praise. Yeah. We are singing his praises. We are offering no, not, him glory. Not in all instances. No, not. What do you What do you mean? Not Not everybody. 
Well, some people go look, to worship on Sunday because they're obligated. Peace, peace. We're not, we're not getting into that. <laughs> All right. But what what I'm saying is what we're doing. We're not going to step in that. Well, I don't want to. Are you kidding me? I already stepped in one. Find a different day for me to step in something else. Um, so, no, but what we're doing on Sunday is worship because it is this. Mm-hmm. What we're doing is we're bringing God glory and honor. Yeah. What we're doing is encouraging one another, well, what which we're, brings... Yes, that's what we're supposed to be doing. The people that are leading worship, that's what should, they should be giving yeah. them to do. But there's nobody... Excuse me. The last time you attended a Sunday worship service where somebody got up out of their pew and bowed down on the ground. No. And what exactly would they be bowing down to? To some man. I'd be getting out. I, if I was on the stage and they did it, I'd be getting off the stage as yeah. fast as I can. Yeah. They ain't bowing yeah. to me. Yeah. What are they bowing to that cross we have hanging on the wall? No. Better I mean, be. that that gets awfully close to idolatry. Yeah. So well, what, and, and what he says here, he says, he says th- this kind of worship where you offer your body as a living sacrifice, that just does not encompass Sunday morning. That encompasses Monday morning, Monday afternoon, should. Thursday night. You know, it encompasses everything we do. It should. You know, so we should be What striving. you do Sunday morning is not true. If you're not living it out Monday through Saturday. Yeah. And it's about a lifestyle. This is what he's saying. It's about a lifestyle. It's about setting yourself apart. That's what he was trying to tell the nation of Israel. You're going to have to, you got to pull back. You have to set yourself apart from all this that's going to go around you because this is what you're going to see. That's Don't right. do this stuff. This is an abomination. This is evil. Don't do this stuff. And then he said, and he says, this is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. That's right. Well, you have to ask yourself, what was the pattern of this world in their day? Well, he told them. This is going to be the world you're going to. Egypt would have had a pattern of, of, of world. They were slaves. That's right. They made bricks, okay, out of mud and straw. Okay, that's what they did, and they and they were subjugated by the Egyptian people. They've come out of that. Four or five months into it, they're out of that. Now you're going to start walking through the wilderness, going to your promised land, and you're going to be and you're going to be confronted with every kind of of idolatry, every kind of of lifestyle change. And he said, he said, do not conform to the pattern of the world that you're going to see. So what's he telling us? Your spiritual act of worship is to offer your bodies as holy. As holy. Yeah. Okay, that's your spiritual act of worship. If you, if you don't do that during the week, you can't do it on Sunday. Okay? All right. And he says, do not conform. That means don't become like them. Yeah. So I have to pull myself away from the things that are going on around me and not conform to them. That's this the holy part. And he says, and then he says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yeah. Transformation. You know, all, all of us have little kids, have little kids that had little transformers, and they were they were a car, they made movies out of this thing. The Transformer series. They, they got little cars and they and they make a little robot. And the little robot makes it into a car. It's called a transformer. Well, it's the same idea. We have to transform. You take me, God's gonna take me, and by the renewing of my mind. How my mind gets renewed and it starts to change. He'll change me into something else. No longer become that. I'll no longer be a car. Now be this. I'll no longer be this guy. I'll be this guy. And he says, you transform by the renewing of your mind. So that means you have to study. It means you have to pray. You have to be, you have to be around other people. That's why Sunday is so important. I'm going to get to be around the body and I get to listen to somebody besides myself talk. And I get to get to experience communion and, and all that. And I get to transform. And then I want you to go to another text. I want you to look at Second Timothy. I mean, Second Peter for a minute. Look at this text. Second Peter what? Second Peter chapter 3. And then I got one in First Peter 2. Look at this one. Second Peter chapter, chapter 3. 
he's talking about the day of the Lord. You mm-hmm. know, so you know, he says, he says, you got to got to conform. You're looking forward to Jesus coming back. We're doing everything we do because of what Jesus did. They're doing everything they're doing because what's their what's their what's their day of the Lord? The promised land. Coming to the promised land. That's I get I'm gonna I'm look, waiting for the promised land. I'm waiting just like them. I don't know when it's gonna be, you know, but down the road I'm looking forward to the promised land. He said, he said uh uh in verse verse eight, do not forget this one thing, dear friends, with the Lord a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. Some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. That means God is patiently waiting for everyone to get to do what he expects them to do. And then he said, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, the heavens will disappear with a with a roar, the elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything done, laid done in it will be laid bare. That means at some point. You're going to come to the Jordan River, and across the Jordan River is going to be the promised land. At some point, we're going to come to an event where Jesus is going to come back and say, enough, I'm done. It's over. And he's going to destroy everything. That's the that. And then look at what he says in verse 11. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? If I know that God's going to take me to the promised land, he said you ought to live holy and godly lives. That's right. I'm supposed to live a set-apart life. Romans chapter 12 says, I've got to be transformed by the yearning of my mind. Mm-hmm. Then look at 1 Peter chapter 1. Look at verse, uh, uh, let's see, verse 16, I believe. Well, let's, let's look at verse 13. He says, therefore, with minds with that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ revealed it is coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. That's right. No kind there. You see the word again? He said, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. That's right. So does this does this text in the Le- Leviticus chapter 20, does it translate to us? <laughs> Absolutely. We ought to have the same vision. What's the same? What's the vision? Be con- do not conform to what the world's doing. And what's the world doing? Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! It's just like what he told them. The world. We're going to navigate through society and watch the world completely undermine itself. It's what it's doing. It's imploding from within. You can't find politicians in, in many that are that don't can't lie. We just found one in up in New York. He embellished his record, his resume, to get elected. Well, let's not use a euphemism. He lied. He lied. He lied. He yeah, embellishment. He lied. He lied. Well, you know, I mean, and, and what's, you know, but what's what's that in the view of you know our government signing? And this, of course, we're in the United States, so our our government signing a one point seven trillion dollar budget. I mean, I, I tell people all the time, you know why I'm not involved in politics? You know why I don't care? I, I see it. Obviously, I pay attention. I'm not an idiot. But uh, you know, you know why I don't care because they're stealing everything. Yeah. All yeah. of the taxes you pay, all that they, all they're doing is they're taking that money and they're redistributing it to their friends and their cronies and padding their pockets with it. Mm. It's disgusting mm. and it's appalling. Go back and go look and go read what they spent one point seven trillion dollars on. Isn't it interesting that our president got us out of one endless war and what it was a few months later? Now we're in another endless war. Isn't that interesting how that works? Yeah. Oh, but Russia, this and that. Okay, yeah, whatever. It's interesting how the military industrial complex has to make hundreds of billions, almost trillions of dollars every year. 
It's really interesting. Yeah. Hey, but at least it's not the blood of Americans anymore that's being spent, right? At least we're there. Our country, guys. If you don't, if you don't understand, I told this. We had a brother come up to come up to me the other day who was uh, whose father fought in World War II, mm -hmm. and he said, "I am so glad, so glad my father is dead, so he can't see what has become of this country." And I said, "You know, I tell people, I try to explain it to people all the time. All right, it's not that I'm not patriotic. It's it's not that at all." the country that those men died for is long gone. Yeah, That country is gone. Sin has taken fully over. <coughs> Sin yeah. has taken fully over this country and we see it in everything, yeah. at every level, at every and, stage. And so when we navigate through life and we have to separate ourselves from this, you know, that's why the church becomes an island. The, 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 the local congregation, the local family becomes an island for a lot of folks because that's the only place they feel safe. Stop paying attention to the politics, guys. Yep. If you look, brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, stop focusing on that nonsense. This is what we ought to be focused yeah. on, being holy. Yeah. Being holy. Learning what God, I told a lady the other day, I, that lady I stayed with the other day, I said, you need to start reading the book of Matthew and Matthew and then Mark and Luke and John and, and introduce yourself to the Savior. Yeah. You know, to start to clear your mind of the past and, and put new stuff in. Because there's so much new stuff. There's so much new stuff that you can put in your life, put in your mind, that can make life so much more fun to be a part of than all the nonsense of the sin and everything that's involved. It doesn't, it, there is a solution to this problem. Jesus is coming back. Yes. That's what we ought to be focused and, on. And, the, and one of the wonderments of it is God is patient. and not want anyone to perish. So he's going to give people time. He's going to give people like us the opportunity to, to navigate through this. But how, but he's given people time to repent. Yeah. Right? He's given members of the church time to get their act together, to decide to actually be Christians, to grow up and put their big boy pants on and actually be a Christian, right? He's given them time to that. And he's given the world time to change. At some point, it'll be over. But it's the church's job to go to the world. Yeah. Not to be a part of it. Yeah. And how, how can we go to the world with a message, with the gospel, with the truth? How can we do that? If we're so wrapped up and focused on the same thing the world is. Yeah. That's why that's why he was telling the nation of Israel to be set apart. Be set don't, apart, guys. Put your blinders on. Don't don't <laughs> don't look at anything. Don't worry don't, about any of that. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean I tell my wife all the time when she comes and she says, Oh my gosh, can you believe they're doing this? Can you believe they're doing that? Yeah, yeah, I can. I, I I was I was on my phone the other day and I was I was looking for something on Google. I don't know what it was. I was looking trying to navigate and all of a sudden this thing popped up and going, what? oh, I know what it was. I was going to pay my uh, my trash bill. Uh, I pay it online, and I punched the blue thing like this. I punched it, and it came up, and poof, and it's supposed to come up white trash, uh, I mean, you know, trash pickup. That's who I have. And if that's what's supposed to come up so I can, I can put my name and credit card number and everything and pay it. And this porn thing came up. I'm going, what the heck? And so I... Pushed the X and punched it off, and I went back and I punched again, and then the white trash thing came up. How'd that happen? You know, that's how that's how this stuff. Satan is alive and well, guys. I don't yeah. understand how that works. I don't. No. I said I know that that this came up, and all I did was punch that little button, and it popped up on my phone. How'd that happen? I don't know. I don't. I don't understand all that stuff. But you know what? You know, I know that we have to be diligent and be on our game all the time. Let's pray. We're done. You know, we'll pick it up in chapter 21, 22. So I don't know. We'll be somewhere next week. I promise. In Leviticus. In Leviticus. We're almost done. We'll though. get there eventually. Man, I think this is good stuff. Go read this text that we're on the screen. Lee put this, the text on the screen. Just go read them. We don't have time to really study them out. Well, and the, I, I, what I'm hoping our audience is seeing is the significance of this book.
Absolutely. Because it's, as as I said at the beginning, right, and it's not from me, somebody else said it, but I, I think it's very true. This is where good Bible, this is where yearly Bible reading plans go to die. Yeah. It's so it difficult is. to navigate because you don't understand, but it's, Leviticus is literally the linchpin of the, well, the five books of that, Moses. That lady told me the other day, she said, I don't understand anything. She said, I understand. She said, I started reading. I said, where did you start reading? She said, I started reading in the beginning. And I said, how far did you get? Not very far. She said, I don't understand any of it. I said, that's what I'm here for. Yeah. I'll help you navigate through it. I said, now this is what I want you to study. That's what the church is here for. Yeah. Yeah. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity we have to uh, to be doing what we're doing. Mm. We thank you so much for the for this venue that we have, this avenue. We thank you for those who will watch, not just when it comes out, but they'll watch over the coming months off of our website. And I just pray, Father, that you bless each one of them and find that person that needs to hear this this stuff and inspire them and motivate them to listen to what we that what you're what you're trying to teach them here, Father. Thank you for all of this, and thank you for the transformation that happens when our minds are renewed. We thank you, Father. Help us to not conform. Help us to realize that that the world is evil, that sin is out there, and Satan is crouching at the door trying to devour us. Help us to never forget that. And thank you, Father, for the help and the well-being that you give us through your Son. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen.